up, family? On this episode, you'll get an in-depth look into the life of Kai Meredith as he shows us how he built his foundation in the world of basketball training and coaching. However, you do not need to be a sports enthusiast to enjoy this interview. There are many common themes throughout the interview that are applicable in everyday life. Themes such as persevering through failure and knowing your worth are mentioned frequently throughout the interview. My favorite part of the interview was learning that Kai's current profession came about through a chance encounter. Without further ado, I'll let you guys listen to the interview and get your tools ready to build your foundation. All right, family. Welcome to another episode of the Foundation Podcast. Today, we got a very special guest. Um, we got Kai Meredith, um, which I, which is actually a really good friend of mine. I've known him um, for years. Kai's actually, um, he graduated from Brick Memorial. He's a co-creator of the Precision Crossover Zone. He also plays semi-pro basketball for the Jersey Express. He's currently the co-founder of Team Fantasy Sports, which is an amateur youth promotional company. They have um, accumulated 15 programs, um, I mean, 15 teams within their program in one year. Um, In addition to that, he's the assistant basketball coach and lead trainer for Brick Memorial High School. So, um, and he's also a lead trainer and coach at Monroe Sports Center. So um, this guy has a lot of um, accomplishments after his name. Um, He's doing a lot of things now. Um, And I kind of brought him on the show because I wanted Kai um, to show you guys pretty much how he built his uh, foundation in the basketball (laughs) world, the sports world, um, and how now he's a trainer. Um, you know, he's promotion, helping kids get their promotional videos out. I'm um, doing a whole bunch of things in the community. So, um, I just want to start it off. What's up, Kai? How you feeling? What's today? going on, man? I'm great, man. Appreciate you having me. No problem, man. Um, so like, I kind of, I kind of was drawn to you, man, because I see a lot of uh, what you're doing on the social media with the kids, with the basketball, um, and stuff like that. And, you know, me knowing who you were um, or who you are, you know, I know how, you know, you used to have a lot of these, you know, these hoop aspirations for yourself. Um, And I think it's a dope, um, you know, a dope thing that you're now taking that and and giving that back to the kids and stuff. So um, just help, you know, tell our our viewers um, a little bit about you, like where you come from, you know, how was uh, like life growing up and stuff. uh, well, I'm from Neptune, you know what I mean? Okay. I'm from Neptune, New Jersey. Um, my upbringing, it was, it was decent. It wasn't the roughest, but it definitely wasn't the best. Um, you know, we bounced around a lot. You know what I mean? My mom's was basically a single mom for most of my childhood. Like, my dad was around, but, you know what I mean, they were separated. So, you know, he did his own thing. You know what I mean? Sometimes he would be there, sometimes he wouldn't. You know what I mean? I did have a stepfather uh, once I got to around, like, six years old, seven years old. But they had their issues too, my mom and him, you know what I mean? So my life was a little rough, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? It made me the person I am today. Um, once I got to high school, I actually moved from Neptune to Brick. 
And that's actually where I started my basketball career because I didn't really play basketball in middle school. Like I played a little bit of rec here and there, but as much as I always wanted to be a hooper, it was really tough for me to get to places and do certain things. So I was kind of limited. Uh, once I got to Brick Memorial is when I actually started playing basketball. I played there. I played two years there. Uh, my freshman and my senior year, I had some issues in my sophomore, junior year with personal, but you know what I mean? Again, here's what it is. It's just life. Um, yeah. And I, I made Did you have, it. like, coming out of high school, did you have, um, you know, aspirations to go, uh, you know, go to college to play basketball or go? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So then what happened after high school? Uh, after high school, you know, you know, I mean, I had a decent senior year, you know what I mean, but not enough to go to any college, whether it was D3, D2, D1. Again, I started very late, so, again, it is what it is. But um, I ended up going to OCC to continue my career and do what I needed to do. I played as a freshman. Um, and then going into my sophomore year, I put in a lot of work. I put in a lot of work to be great and be the man that was supposed to be my team. And I actually ended up – This was at OCC. At OCC, Ocean, yep. Ocean, Ocean County, County Community College. College. Yep. Okay. Yep. So my second year going in, I was promised a team by the coaches. You know, I was the best player on the team leading into the summer um, with all our spring workouts and things of that nature. And I actually ended up getting sick um, that summer. I ended up yeah. getting sick. I got a mono. So it, it really delayed that season for me. It delayed my workouts. It, it did a lot. To uh, that was very detrimental to my career when it came to basketball. You know what I mean? Because again, this is my this is my last chance. You know what I mean? In college or whatever, gets me to make a name for myself and get to where I need to go. So I ended up losing 25 pounds. That whole summer was wasted. I couldn't do nothing the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And leading to that season, I just wasn't the player that I needed to be. You know what I mean? To get to where I needed to go. So I actually ended up leaving OCC midway at the winter break because I realized yeah. I was going to be the person I needed to be. Hold on, I want to I want to uh stay there on that because I'm like um I I think you know personally a lot of people don't really understand um you know like how attached athletes are to their sports yeah so when you made that decision to um you know to walk away from the game um right how did that affect you in a big way was it a was it a Make big it thing or was it a kind of like, you know, I just got to do it type deal? Or? Nah, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Like, it took a lot for me to even go and talk to my coaches and say that I don't feel comfortable being here. I'm not the same guy. Um, I actually went through a real rough couple of months where I was, like, questioning who I was because, I, I, again, mm-hmm. basketball was my life. So mm-hmm. for me to not be playing, it really, really, really took a toll on me. And my dad said something that was really, really important. He said, listen, man. In life, things happen. It's not about what happens. It's about how you respond to what happens. He's like, you got two choices. You can quit and let it just end right here, or you can pick up the pieces and start all over. And I had to make a decision whether I was going to start all over and get it back or just let it go forever. And I actually started all over, worked my ass off. I ended up making um, that ABA team, Jersey Express. I actually got cut the first time I tried out. Mm. I was 21, and they told me I was good enough but my game was immature, and I didn't understand what that meant yeah. until I got older. And, and you know, what I mean, I, I'm playing against guys that play Division One basketball. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. I was told I was the best there as far as my position, but my game was immature, and I didn't understand. I got older. Uh, two years later, I made the team. 
uh, when I tried out again. And I understood at that point what that meant. Mm. And a lot of players won't understand. Like, when your game being mature is not about skills, not about shooting. It's about your mentality, how you approach mm. the game. You know what I mean? Can you accept a role? Can you accept, even though you may be the best player, they tell you, listen, I don't need you to score. I need you to pass and make your other teammates better. Can you do that without catching a fit? You know, so mm. I understood that. And how, what, 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 you know, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like what yeah. happened with, in your mind where you said, where you went from that point where it was like, all right, before they was telling me my game wasn't mature and you genuinely didn't know what that meant. What do you think happened to where now you know what that means? Well, I actually started playing against older competition, better competition. I went to a couple of um, exposure camps and things in nature where I played with guys that played overseas. Mm-hmm. And they explained the life. Coaches explained the life. I actually played – I was coached by John Cofino, uh, NBA G League coach. I was coached by Hans Beth, uh, a Pro B Germany coach. Mm. And they explained my game to me. They broke down my game to a T. They said, hey, you're a hell of a scorer, but that's it. And they said, we could throw a nickel at any college, take their mm. lead and score, and, and we got a score. Yeah. You know, he's like, so, you know, what else do you bring to the table? And, you know, I played good on-ball defense, but my off-ball defense wasn't that great. So it was like mm. certain things I knew about my game that I had to elevate in order to be able to call myself a pro in any life, whether it's semi-pro, overseas, G League. It's a lot that comes with it. And on top of that, being in shape, you know, mm-hmm. so you can you can be great for 10 minutes. But what happens after that 10 minute mark? Are you yeah. still great? Can you keep up with everybody? Because that's very important. And they exactly. break down the game for me and going to see all these different coaches and deal with these different trainers and playing against all this different competition. That actually helped groom me for another chance at the ABA. So mm-hmm. it was and my thing is, right, so what was it, right? So you get, you know, you go to OCC, um, you know, you you, you quit, um, you, you don't feel like yourself, playing like yourself. So you go, you go try out for this ABA squad. They cut you the first time. Um, like, what, what was going through your head? Like, what's, what's going through, you know, your thought process? Are you ever thinking, like, yo, this, well, maybe this basketball thing might not be for me, or maybe I just need to get a job and, and rock it out? Or, like, what, like, kind of, what what kept you, you know, going? Like, you you had already injured, been injured. You know, your coaches were saying you, you wasn't it. Um, You go to this APA dudes, they talking about, you know, you got you got a great game, but you're not mature. You're not so like you thinking that's not it. What what's going through your head? That's like all right. Let me go. You know, for this next tryout. Right? Um, honestly, I I had a never die attitude. Like it's just been my attitude. I I had my even from my mom. My mom told me, "Yo, you need to get basketball up." When I got cut from the ABA team, she was like, "You need to give it up and just really focus on getting a job and changing your career path." And I couldn't hear. Her. I like, I just like, you know, I, mean, I hear the words, but they don't register mm-hmm. that it's over. You know what I mean? So for me, I just kept working. I said, you know what? You can say what you want. I've everything I've ever gotten, I've gotten because I worked for it. And regardless of when I get it, I'm going to get it. If it takes me, you know, what I mean, two years, and it might take somebody else two months. It don't matter as long as I get it. You know what I mean? And I put the work in to get it. I'm cool with that. So Facts. I just kept working. You know, I just every day I kept working. I committed to it, and I stuck with my commitment. I said, this is what it's going to be, and there's no plan B. You know what I mean? You can't have a plan B because it's too easy to fall back to that. <laughs> I agree. You know I, I mean? agree, too, man. I, I think, you know, 
you kind of touching into what one of my last guys had said, but he was like, you know, he didn't turn his plan A to a plan B, he turned it to another plan A. Um, yeah. And I think that was dope because I think, you know, the the mindset of having a plan B is like, even when you 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 take that plan B, it's like, ah, that's just kind of like, you know, the, the level. So it's like, even if you is taking a plan B, you're not going to be excited for it because it ain't, you know, was was no passion in it. There's no passion. no passion in it. It ain't no passion in it, yo. So, all right. So you go back. You make this. You make the ABA team the second time. All right. Mm -hmm. So now what happened? Now how the journey come? So um, you know, I actually ended up going out there playing against against some really really tough guys. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually ended up starting. And I remember when they told me, "Well, you from Central Jersey? You from you know you, you soft?" And we playing up in North. So uh -huh. North, they, you know they, they play different. They got more of a New York style game, up north game. It's uh -huh. faster, you know, I mean, more athletic. And they told me, you know, you, you saw it. And it was only me and one other person from that central South Jersey area. Uh -huh. You know, so I was like, okay, you know what? And again, my determination actually ended up winning me a spot. And I found out from the coach. They said, you know why you're here? And I said, I mean, I, I can play basketball. He was like, yeah, but what's your best trait? And I was like, I can score. He's like, no, it's not. You have a really high IQ for mm. the game and i was like that's crazy because it only came because i was told i need to work on my game it was things mm. i need to work on so those weaknesses became actually my strength you know what i mean so mm -hmm. i ended up starting for that team and being a, a really big role for the team um yeah and i had a nice little season I, after that season you know what i mean i left and i actually continued to focus on my business you know what i mean which was actually training players to off to the side at the moment while i was playing pro so I actually turned my focus because I realized playing pro there was good and it was cool, but I had a better talent and a bigger purpose, which was mm. dealing with the kids and helping them get, you know what I mean, to where they so that So you playing there, right? You play, your coaches tell you like, yo, you are really, um, uh, yeah, your IQ is high. So you're really intellectual on the court pretty yes. much. Yeah. Um, Mind you, those are the same coaches that told me my game was immature two years ago. The same coaches. The same coaches. Exactly. So it's like <laughs> that this is this is something that I think is so dope. Um, because I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna write it off as it was the coaches who had a skewed point of view. I think it was, you know, you might have really came in there. And you was, um, you know, not as polished as they were like. But the part that I think is dope is that that was a weakness area for you. And, like, a lot of times when people have weakness areas or stuff that they're not good at, they just don't do it. They'll just shy yeah. away from it. And they'll stay stick to what they're strong at. But it was like you was like, okay, if this is the area they're telling me my shit not mature or whatever the case may be, you found out what the issue was and you worked out your weaknesses to where – your weakness is now something that they're telling you is your best strength, your best quality. Yeah. So yeah. I think you feel. I think the lesson in that is crazy dope. It's like you didn't even, it's you know, like, yeah, you were just working. And that's the thing. Like it's it's okay to get criticized. Everybody's scared to get criticized and get told that they're not good at something. And like you said, they shy away from it. Well, I shy away from it. I like to make people eat their words. So if you tell me I can't do something. You know what I mean? I'm going to do everything in my power to be able to do it so that, that when I come back to you and I do it, what can you say to me? Only thing you can say is like, yo, 
you got it. Like, you know what I mean? You got yeah, it. I agree, yo. I agree. I used to, you know, I used to tell my brother this. Um, They used to say, like, about his, about his football game, you know. They would say it would be, like, one, like, maybe he not as fast as you like to be. So I'm just like, yo, just if you work on that, then they can't say nothing. Exactly. You know, like, just whatever somebody says, you work on that weakness. And, like, for me, I feel like I want to be told where I'm weak at. You exactly. know, I want to yes. be told because if not, I'm going to get better. Exactly. I'm working on everything I'm already straight at. You know, I'm I'm regressing almost. Yeah. yeah. You know? So I'm like, you stagnant. So you don't want to be stagnant. You, you don't. You want to be broke. Keep growing. And that's why I think that, like, that was just something that caught me, like, yo, how they could come to you one year and tell you that you're not even mature enough to be on the team. And then in two years or a year, tell you that, yo, you got the most IQ, the highest IQ on the team or whatever. I, I think that's dope, bro. But it speaks to your diligence and your hard work, your attention to the detail, you feel me? And your love for the sport. You know, so all right, so you rock out, they tell you, all right, you got a whatever, you got a great IQ. So you say, all right, I'm I got a higher purpose almost. I need yeah, to do so, something. So So yeah, so I was um I was actually working at Murrow Sports Center, um, as a lead coach, whatever the case may be. I had pushed that to the side at the moment, mm-hmm. just being the fact that I was playing pro ball and I was trying to focus on my career and moving forward. So I wasn't giving my kids and my job, you know what I mean, the same attention that I was giving the actual sport of playing. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? We had our season. The season ended. And, again, it was a great season. It was it was cool. The coaches were cool. They were definitely helping you try to move on, and, you know what I mean, to overseas or the next level, whatever it was, you know. But I realized more and more as I was coaching and training players how much I loved kids. Like, I loved watching a kid get better. Like, you know what I mean? I was a kid. I didn't get this. I didn't I didn't have somebody training me. I didn't have, you know what I mean, real mentors. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had to figure it out. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I could really teach a kid how to get there because I had to take all the steps to get there. I wasn't somebody that was just good. And, you know what I mean? I don't know how I became good. I just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just nice. like, nah, I had to get nice. Like, you know what I mean? I had to work on shit. I had to. Yeah, I had to focus. I had to be able to listen. I had to be able to follow directions and be disciplined. So it was like a whole bunch of different things. And I, I was like, you know what? I got a niche for this. Like, uh-huh. I had ten teams, and I'm like, that's a hundred players. You know what I mean? Like, that's a hundred players I'm dealing with, and yeah. I knew every kid's name. Yeah. And I had a connection. All right, with all right hold on, hold the time out. Yep. You, you, you at where you already got ten, ten teams. Mm-hmm. I want to slow it down. Give me four, right? Yeah. I want to give me four to how you got in to start and to get these teams. I want to get into how was that moment where you went from, yo, I'm a basketball player to, yo, I can take what I learned from the game of basketball and put that into somebody else and, and, and give them that knowledge. How did that come together for you, you know? Basically, the crazy part was was during that hiatus from me becoming, being immature to being, you know what I mean, a high IQ player, I actually, I was playing in a men's league there at Monroe Sports Center, and my team was playing against another team, and we got into it, it got got real heated on the court, and a couple of my players wanted to get into a fight with a couple of the other players. 
Uh-huh. And I shut down the fight. I got in the middle of it. Hey, man, cut it out. We're here, we're here to play. We're here to hoop. You know, and we, at this point, play. you wasn't even working there. No, nah, I wasn't working there. You I was just, just playing. Balling I was just, there. I was just hooping. You know what I mean? Okay. I, it was just, and it goes to show you, you never know who's watching because mm. the basketball manager was actually watching the entire game. You know what I mean? I had a great game playing, but he was also impressed with how I handled that situation. It was very mature. Again, it was very I could have just fell with the pack and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, you know what I, mean? I could have just said, nah, fuck that. We fighting. Like, no. Nah. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? I shut it down. Um, actually, as I walked out, I was walking out of the game. At the end of the game, he grabbed me, pulled me to the side. He said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And he asked me about what I did at the time I was working at uh, Valley National Bank. Uh-huh. And he was like, um, he said, I really like how you handled yourself on the court. And I was like, oh, thank you. I'm thinking he's talking about how I played. Yeah, like, oh, you really like you know what I mean. You stopped that fight. I really appreciate you being mature in that situation. Like for a young guy to be that mature, and uh-huh. again going back to when somebody just said that I'm not that mature. Yeah, you know what I mean? it said a lot to my growth at the moment. So I'm like, you know what? I, like, I appreciate. It. He was like, I was like a job here, and I was like doing what? And he's like coaching and training kids. Mm. And you know what I mean. First thing I'm thinking, I'm like, I work at a bank. So I'm like, how much? Like yeah. I don't know if I got the time. Like, so <laughs> I'm like. 20 an hour. Right. Oh, work. I can make some time for that. I can make some time for 20 an hour, you know what I mean? And I'm, again, it's basketball. It's what I love. So I'm like, it's, it's yeah. not really good. And he was like, all right. He was like, you know, I'll get you the paperwork, you know what I mean? Whatever the case may be. And I ended up starting uh, my job, my coaching career there. And it was uh-huh. Steve Meek. He's actually the high school coach at Spotswood. Steve Meek gave me my first shot. Um, as a coach, and I got two teams right off the bat. Uh, my first season, the fall season, and after that, I coached my two teams. Both went to the playoffs, and one lost in the championship. And mm-hmm. after that, I ended up getting requested for eight additional teams. Those two teams came back, and I was the highest requested coach by the end of that season. And I didn't, again, I didn't know that what I was doing was so powerful. Yeah. But the way I ran my practices, the way I talked to my kids, interacted with my kids and my parents, um, was big. And apparently, yeah. no other coach was doing that. So yeah, I mean, you went from two teams, um, you know, and then went through a tournament, and then they come and say, "Yo, we got eight teams ready to rock right now." Yeah, that's I mean, dope. It was, it was crazy. It was like that. And again, it's it's funny because everything I did had a spin where it was like they told me I wasn't going to be this guy. Uh And so the owner of the gym, not the basketball manager, but the owner of the gym, Uh I wasn't big with my administrative. You know what I mean? My administrative aspect, I didn't really send out emails. I thought it was like their job to send out emails since they own the gym. They send the emails out to my teams. So I never sent out emails. And that was actually one of the complaints from the parents on my teams. And they told me, well, the owner of the gym was like, listen, if you don't send out emails, your parents aren't going to resign with you. He's like, they're not going to want to keep you as a coach because you're not doing the administrative work. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I, I understand. You know what I mean? I said, I'll work on it. You know what I mean? I'm not a big administrative guy. Like, I don't really deal with computers. And yeah, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. You know what <laughs> I mean? And again, he was like, yeah, I get it, but you're going to lose out on money. And I was like, okay. And I that's still that season, I, I was a little hard-headed. You know what I mean? I still didn't send out emails, but I ended up getting a whole bunch of resigns and additional teams. Mm. And it was like the craziest thing because they were just telling me how I wasn't going to get any more teams <laughs> and my teams were not going to want to play for me. And all the parents said, listen, he doesn't send out emails and we don't like like the lack of communication from that aspect. 
However, he's a hell of a coach. And I'm like, you know what? That's crazy because, again, I was relying a lot on my talent. Uh-huh. As a coach and as a, like, again, it was my personality. It was my energy that they loved. Yeah. It was like, yo, my kid doesn't want to leave him. My kid, like, like, all they do is talk about it when they go home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coach, and I'm, I'm, I was a mean coach. I'm like, I'm, I'm still a mean coach. I'm not like the nice coach that's like, yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to run the hell out of you. If you, if you mess up, we run it. Somebody yeah. like, push up, like, this ain't real out here. And, but the, again, the kids knew that I cared and the parents knew yeah. that. You know, so I actually, um, said after getting all those teams, I started working on my administrative work. You know what I mean? And really being able to send out emails and things of that nature. And again, I became one of the most requested coaches to where they couldn't fit any more teams on my schedule. I had the 10 teams, they couldn't fit anymore. So they was like, people would actually, hey, can we play for Coach Kyle? We heard he's really good. And they're like, well, he's, he's full. You can't, but you got to wait. If anybody backs off the team, then, you know what I mean? He can coach him. But so he became very popular. Um, the crazy part was I knew I was, I didn't know how popular I was until I ran an event uh-huh. for myself. I headlined the, the event as far as a clinic, just uh-huh. a normal training clinic. Try to fill the gym up. There's two full courts. We cap out at 50 kids, you know what I mean? Just to keep space for workouts. So we're like, okay. I promoted for like two weeks and by the end of the first week, we were at 60 kids signed up. Damn. For my first clinic that I was headlining. And again, I didn't know that I was that pop. Like, I'm just, I'm not paying attention. I'm young minded. I'm not yeah. thinking like, a, like an entrepreneur, like a, you know, I'm like a boss. I'm thinking like a worker. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I'm not realizing the power that was in my hands at the time. So I'm like, okay, 60 kids. They're like, yeah, we can't, we can't fit anymore. I'm like, what you mean? I, like, I know, I know kids that are telling me, Hey coach, I'm, I'm going to go sign up. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, they can't fit anymore in the gym. I'm like, Damn. I'm like, okay. It's like, yeah, you might have to do another one. Um, but this is where it got real for me. And I learned something about business. I headlined the event, but I'm thinking like a worker. I'm the draw, but I'm thinking like a worker. Mm. 60 kids, we might have made as a unit, as a, for the gym. The gym might have made five, 5,000, 4,000, something like that. I walked away with two fifty. Mm. So I walked away with two hundred fifty dollars. But I wasn't thinking. I worked an hour and a half. You thinking like a worker? Two fifty for an hour and a half? You like that's great. Like you yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah. The gym didn't do anything. It just existed. I did all the work. Yeah. And I'm like, and I, um, I actually linked up with um, Kevin Owens from Neptune. He's older. Uh, Taekwondo's father. Yeah, I know KO. Yeah, KO. So he was like, listen, man, you the man over there and you're not getting paid like it. And he was actually the one that taught me the numbers. He's actually my business partner now uh, for Team Fantasy Sports. He's my business nice, partner. So. That's what's so, up, right? I, yeah, yeah. No, it was dope. So I actually, <laughs> at the end of that year, after a year and a half at Monroe, I actually ended up leaving because I talked to the owners about that financial struggle and uh-huh. about changing it. And they weren't changing it. <laughs> you know what I, mean? mm. so I make a lot of money here for you guys not yeah. just for myself i feel like i need more compensation and they were like listen man we think you're great but our pay scale is our pay scale and mm. i'm like when you think about it 20 dollars an hour 15 dollars an hour it sounds good but you getting paid a 10 and a five or two tens two ten dollar bills to work 
for 60 minutes. Now, if I said, okay, I'm, I want you to run for 60 minutes, just run. I'm going to give you $20 an hour. I want you to work five hours for me. Just run it. Would you do it? You're like, hell no. I'm not doing that shit. Okay. Why would you work for anybody for $15, $20 an hour? Like, that's not, that's not compensation. You're getting slaved. If they can give you $20 an hour, what do you think they make it? I agree right there, yo. You know I'm I, I actually learned the business. <laughs> I feel like, yo, you taking your mindset, you your mindset changed for, for just like you said, from the customer um and a and a worker to like a producer or a boss mentality. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's um, you know, that's a little bit of what we all need to learn, you know, about our worth and shit like that. Cause what exactly what you saying, bro, you spend them. You 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 getting paid twenty dollars an hour, bro. You bought everybody there. They didn't yeah. come there for the gym. They exactly. came there for you. Exactly. Um, and then somebody could just turn around and give you two fifty and tell you straight up, like, yo, this is how it goes. You yeah, feel right. me? Um, but you know what is we don't have enough knowledge of it to be to know that we can turn and just say whatever. So it's yeah. like if you probably never ran into Kev Owens. Who would have known? You know, you exactly. might still be working for these dudes. I, I would. The, the crazy part is I would, and I wouldn't have seen that problem as a problem. As you a problem. Know? You would have you would have saw it as a benefit. That yeah, I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking I'm winning. I'm thinking I'm winning. I'm winning this situation. I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid 250 an hour. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking I'm winning. And I'm like, they're like, nah, bro, you are losing. And that, like you said, it's ignorance is bliss like that's the thing you really don't when you don't know certain things uh, you don't even know you in you don't know that things are that things are wrong you don't how do you not know you're being wrong I agree. that's why that's why the lack of knowledge is is, it's is huge the, the it's huge and it's like you, you i agree what you were saying and it's like you know a lot of people they combat you know accumulation of knowledge or learning shit um, and they go, oh, you know, college is not for everybody. But I'm not asking you to learn, um, you know, um, fucking, you know, literature one-on-one. I'm asking you to learn just basically financial literacy. Yes. Law literacy. I feel like if, um, you know, people in general, but definitely black people, us, if we knew the law and we knew the money, we knew how our finances work. Um, that alone would call, like alleviate a lot of problems. Like, we knew tax benefits, or we knew the shit, even the tax benefits of an LLC. Like I was, I was reading that the other day, like damn, I didn't know you can have a room in your house, and if you just say that you just do business in that room, you can expense that. That's a write-off. We don't know that though. We don't know that because we don't choose. We choose not at this point. It's choosing not to know it because the information, you know what I learned that was on YouTube. Huh? Yeah, the information is there, but the, the problem is the knowledge of the fact that there is information out there for them to learn. Like sometimes people really don't even know, like they think taxes is just income tax. You know what I mean? Like that's it. They yeah, don't exactly. They don't know anything else about how taxes work. They just know I get paid the check for all the money that I, 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 I guess they took out from me. Well, that's a worker's mentality. So they, they, they keep deaf, dumb, and blind. I agree. You say that if you want to keep something from a black individual, put it in a book. That's right. You know what I mean? And again, there's plenty of books that are teaching all the things you need to know. But again, we're also taught not to seek knowledge. 
myself as any type of religion because I'm just like, bro, if you're trying to tell me that I got, I'm believing in something that these people, you know, bought over here and told me I should believe in, when I look at it, it looks like a great way to get a bunch of people to work for you and not make a fuss. You feel me? Because if I tell you straight up, if you suffer here, you know, you suffer through everything, you die, white Jesus is going to take care of you and make sure everything is good. You go through that life and be like, I'll get taken taken advantage of because I know when I die, I'm going to be good. But ain't nobody done died and came back and told you, like, told you <laughs> ain't nobody that came back and said that. Yo. I, 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 I still the subject to all, but I'm going to tell people like this, my personal opinion. It's heaven and hell in order to there's people that have had a great life, they have a great life, their houses, their body bills are paid, their family is taken care of, their finances secure, they're mentally stable, they're happy, they're healthy, and they're living a great life, like everything is great. Then there's people living in hell that can't, you know, don't got a pot to piss in, you know what I mean, have no outlets, no security financially, don't know where the next meal is coming, don't know how they're going to take care of their family. That's hell. Heaven and hell are literally right here in front of you. And if you don't understand that, you know what I mean? To me, then you really lost and you need to be helped. I agree. You know I mean? you, you're waiting for this miracle person to come down and save you. You don't I know agree. that that's a guarantee. You better save yourself while you're here. I agree. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing, like the self-reliance, you know? And I feel like a lot of people rely on external circumstances to control their internal thing like you know everybody's waiting on the government to give them a check for this corona stuff everybody waiting on the government to fix this like no man you gotta fix whatever you gotta fix and then everything will come in line with that but you gotta start yo the universe will reward you when you start working if you just sitting back just oh i'm gonna just affirm this and it's gonna come with no work it's not gonna happen um so that's why I think it's so dope, you know, to get back to your story about how, you know, you went went through OCC. They was like, nah. You went to AB, uh, you know, the semi-pro. They was like, nah, at first. And then they came around. And what I think is so dope about your story is that the same people who told you that you wasn't, wasn't aim enough, um, wasn't uh, um, intellectual enough, 
the next year is telling you you too intellectual. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like it, it, it's almost it's almost crazy, and, and I identify with that, yo, because you know I had a whole bunch of people telling me a, a whole bunch of shit I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like I'm here sitting next to them, and then like it's like now. Nah. Oh, I thought you was talking, but now what? You feel me? We hear now. So it's like you start to see how powerful you are as an individual. And I no, think it was right. dope that you just kept going and that you found your calling in an unorthodox way where you was just breaking up a fight. And somebody was like, yo, you want to come? You want a job at work here? And then <laughs> once working there, you fell in love with it. And now it's what you're doing, you know? So yeah. I think it's dope. Um but I wanted to get into, right, like, since we was just talking about this coronavirus stuff and how, you know, we all locked down and stuff, you yeah. are now launching um, a new virtual, you know, training service. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about your training service and, like, you know, how you're going to um, bring this thing virtual, you know, with everything that's going on. So, basically, I'm dealing with a couple of different apps to see which one fits um my needs the best but um basically basically how we're doing it right now you know what i mean there's going to be the ability to see me via facetime you know what i mean however the case may be and you can literally stay at home i'll tell you exactly what you need and if you don't have what you need how to improvise and use other other tools to be able to get whatever drills we're going to do for the day done um it's actually going to help out a lot of kids because training is expensive like you know a private session with me is 80 dollars an hour mm. so you know, virtually, if I don't have to be there, being that, you know what I mean, my time is valuable. If I don't have to physically be there, I could actually charge a lot less for private training because I'm not there. And I can actually do multiple sessions mm-hmm. at the same time. You know what I mean? So um, right now we're just developing the whole criteria of how we're going to do it. You know what I mean? How many people we're going to allow to be in one, basically like, you know, like this meeting or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and just take it from them because everybody may not have a court at their house and things of that nature and being with this virus, they took a lot of the rims down. So, you know, mm. you can't go to a park and mm-hmm. do what we're doing. So we're trying to figure out like the whole criteria and the, you know I mean? The format and actually break it down into sections. So if you can't, if you don't have a basketball court, we'll have dribbling. You know what I mean? If you, you okay. know what I mean? If, you know, we'll have passing, we'll have defensive drills, we'll have a whole bunch of different things set up and anybody that's looking for whatever can grab it from us. You know what I mean? Virtually without us having to actually be there. So it's in development at the moment. Um, I'm actually, I have a, a meeting at 7 o'clock with KO to talk about it. So I'm not going to get into full detail because, again, I'm not going to give out everything, but it's coming soon. It should be here like a week or so. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. Just just something for your people to look out for. And I just want you to, before we wrap this up, kind of, just to, you know, let um, them know about the actual the sports fantasy um organization that you got and actually what you guys do for athletes just in case we got anybody listening who might you know like basketball might want to you know get more involved in the sport um you so know. so basically team fantasy sports is a youth amateur sports promotional company so that's what we're working on is it um, an age cut off um no we actually okay. work from as low as six years old seven years uh-huh. old all the way up through college and what we do is we provide everything you need in all sports, not just uh, basketball. Like we do, we're dealing with football. We're getting into soccer, baseball. 
uh, bowling, hockey's coming. So, you know, again, it's just a whole bunch of different avenues. And what we do is we basically offer teams, training, um, promotional ends for kids to be recognized. You know, we noticed that the top tier promotional companies, they only care about the top players. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no disrespect. And I love Mike Melton, you know what I mean? But for basketball, Mike Melton is the guy, you know, when it comes to basketball spotlight. That's If you're not on basketball spotlight, then you're not known. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. – nobody cares about what you what you talk about, how good you are. So, and again, he deals with, like, the top 100, maybe top 200 kids, you know what I mean, in the, in the country, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, like, all around. So that's cool and everything, but what about all the other kids that are putting in work? You know, everybody's not going to be a Division one star. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Everyone's not going to make it to the pros. But that doesn't mean every kid can't go to college, play, you know what I mean, their respective sport and do what they need to do. It's a whole bunch of colleges out here. There's a whole bunch of junior colleges out here. And we want to basically give kids a chance to be seen mm. by everybody. You know what I mean? So if you're mid-level, even if you're low-level, we'll help you get to the mid-level. You know what mm. I mean? If you're mid-level, we'll help you get to the, you know what I mean, to the high level. But we're going to deal with promoting kids and, you know, giving them their highlight tapes, getting them in front of, you know what I mean, Division three coaches, Division two coaches setting up combines so that they can showcase all their skills and things of that nature and get them in the right direction as far as where they want to be in their respective sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, that's pretty dope, man. So, like, pretty much. So, like, if I'm, like, a, if I'm maybe, like, a, a, a one-star recruit, you know, like, and I'm, like, a, a sophomore or something, I'm trying to figure out how to get my stock up, you know, I could go to you guys and figure out a workout plan and figure out, you know, a projection plan and by the time I'm a senior, you know, I might get a little bit more stars or records. Absolutely. So, again, because everybody's not, you know what I mean? Again, coaches look at different things. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. don't think that just because you might have had a bad game or you might have had a bad workout, you know what I mean, that it's all over for you. You know what I mean? We want to be able to give you a platform to showcase everything that you can do. You might be a star athlete, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. and your combine, your combine to have you look up like, look like a superstar. You're like a superstar. But you yeah. can't really show that in the game. And a coach will see that and see your potential. And like, you know what? I can work with that. I can turn that kid into something. Yeah. And that happens a lot with colleges. They, you know, they find certain players that aren't skilled yet, but they have all the intangibles and the potential to be great. And they just, mm-hmm. they glue them. You know, so we want to give guys that aspect with the combines, with the training. You know what I mean? Whilst, again, recording it, you know, we making sure we document everything that they're doing so they can be seen. They can put together their own, basically, highlight tape or, you know what I mean, their own package for them to send out to schools, whatever the case may be. And we're going to also do the same as far as dealing with all the schools and get you to the right area, you know, to whatever right coach or whatever right system you need to be in. Because, again, like you said, there's so many kids that want to play. that They want to move on. Yeah. And they don't get recognized. So you can't move on. Nobody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. So coming to us will help make sure your name gets out there and you get the right workouts and the right training tutelage that you need to be able to move on to the next level, whatever that level may be. That's pretty dope. So, like, how would they go about uh, contacting you or getting in touch with you guys uh, to set up a session or set up a, you know, consultation? So they, can actually, um, they can actually email us at info at teamfantasy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the main way you're going to be able to get in contact with us. Uh, my, again, my, my number is on all my cards. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case may be, my actual number is going to be on the site. It's Team Fantasy mm-hmm. at, um, I'm sorry, TeamFantasySports.com. So once you get to that website, you'll be able to see everything that we offer um, and just take it from there. You know, you reach out to me or reach out to Coach Kev. And again, we 
we'll take care of you. You know what I mean? So again, we have 15 teams in the program right now. It's growing mm-hmm. like wildfire. You know what I mean? Actually, this quarantine thing shut us down a little bit. We were moving. We were on pace. Damn. We were on pace for 25 teams going into the summer. So damn man, you know, that's it's, what's it's, up, man. It's, it's crazy. But um, once we come back again, we got a lot of new stuff. You know what I mean? For when we come back and when we're up and running again, it's gonna be a lot of great things happening. We just we just got some new equipment that I'm excited about too. I'm not gonna tell everybody everything, but like I said, any sport that you play, we're gonna be dealing with to some degree. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we're just here to help. You know, we I mean? hopefully we get the right people involved. You know what I mean? As far as players and parents that understand our vision and what we're trying to do, and we take it from there. Like we're here to help. I, again, I was a kid that didn't get this. You know what I mean? And Ko's mm-hmm. been training player since I was a kid. He was training me when I was, you know what I mean? He was training me at, at bitty basketball. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't afford no private session. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so if he had a chance to tell me something to do off of the, off of the side, he would come over, hey, work on that jump shot, <laughs> do this. And I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah, off really yeah. doing a session with somebody. So again, it was, it's, it's dope that we came together and we can actually make a difference in a lot of kids' lives because he's helped a lot of kids. I've helped a lot of kids. And we're just trying to make sure that our vision comes to light in a bigger on a bigger scale. So, man, that's dope. Uh, so, like, when um, what's the last thing, kind of last message you would want to leave with, you know, anybody um who listened to this interview and listened to this, you know, about you know maybe starting a foundation, beginning about a foundation, and um, you know, any endeavor or area of their life. Um, my last message is going to be, yo, don't give up. If you really listen to this, you'll notice that there was a lot of times where I could have really quit and given up, you know what I mean, on everything that I was doing. There's going to be times when you're lost. There's going to be times where you want to quit. There's going to be times where you're really just looking at your situation like there's no way I can get to where I really want to get to. Mm-hmm. And if you really believe that at any point in time, you're going to fail. You know what I mean? You're going to fail to where you can't recover. Because failing is a part of the process. You can't win until you know how to lose. It's, it's impossible Absolutely. to truly win until you know how to lose. Like, you know what I mean? Because losing is what makes you determined to really strive to win. So, you know what I mean? If, if you lose all the time, you know what it takes to be able to win. Once you win, you know what it takes. If you win all the time, you're not going to know what it takes once you lose. You're not going to know what it takes to get back to that, to that level. So, again, just stay on the grind, man. Like, really stay on the grind and, and don't give up. That's a fact, man. I love that that failure uh, aspect because I I agree with that. You know, I think a lot of people they 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 stop themselves from from getting involved in a lot of things because they're scared. Um, you know, whether they say it or not, they're scared of failure. Um, and they're afraid to try something and, and fall flat on their face. But in this thing, it's like you gotta you gotta fail, and you gotta fail early, yo. Um, just like you know, Will Smith said, you gotta fail forward. So you know, if and we young, so I'm like, it, it, it's it's this is the time to fail. If you are gonna fail yeah. anytime, you don't want to wait till you fucking 40, thirty five or forty, you know, and you trying now you failing and it ain't looking too good. Hey, listen, man. All I'm gonna tell everybody is that remember that fear is hindering. Fear is what keeps you stuck. When you're scared. You don't move. You know what I mean. So that's and that's in any situation. You could be in your house, scared of the dark. You're not gonna move from whatever spot you're in because you're scared. You know what I mean. So if you allow fear to take over, you're not gonna grow. You're not gonna move forward. So you know what I mean. Again, not saying that things aren't scary when it's time to move forward, but you got to be brave enough to just take the first step. 
You know what I mean? And then after that step, after that step, take another step. You know what I mean? So just don't get caught up in the fear of it because again, you'll be stuck. You know what I mean? And nobody wants to be stuck if you're really trying to get to the top. <laughs> That's, you know, I couldn't even say it better, man. Don't nobody want to get stuck, stuck if you're trying to get to the top, man. That's where you're trying to go. So, man, I, I appreciate you coming on, you know, sharing your wisdom, sharing your story, sharing, you know, how, how you built your foundation for the people, man. It, it was yeah, a you know, I appreciate you having me, man. I really I really do, man. It was dope. Yeah, like, oh, man. Get an interview? I'm cool with that. You know? <laughs> cool with that. Nah, man. man, you did a lot of stuff. Yo. I think your interview is going to help a lot of kids, man, especially a lot of, you know, a lot of people that had these hoop dreams and they feel like, you know, if I'm not in the NBA, I'm not worth anything, you know, or, you know, we know how that thing affects your self-worth when you, when yeah. you put, you know, yourself into being a basketball player so much. Just like you said earlier, you know, you went through a point where you didn't know who you were. Um, yeah. And I identify with that because when I couldn't play football, I didn't know who I was for a second. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to show people that even if you're still in the same realm, you know, like I switched my realms and went to law, but you yeah. were still in something that you love, but you found a different way that you can contribute. Because it's, it's, a, it's a tool, man. Yeah. Let every kid know, man, it's a tool. Like, whatever your sport is, don't let it don't let it control you. You control the sport. It's a tool for you to use. So however you can use it to get to the next level, again, I went into coaching and training, you know what I mean, versus playing. Like, however – However you can use it, man, utilize it. If it gets you through college for free and you can get an education out of it, use it for that. If it can get you paid, use it for that. If You know what I mean? If it get, if it just takes away stress from you, literally just a stress reliever for you, use it for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But don't let it consume you to where you feel like it's the end-all, be-all because it's not. It's, you know what I mean? As long as you got a brain and you got some, you got some energy to work, you can do anything. <laughs> exactly, man. And, and that's what I'm trying to get through to these, you know, through to everybody, to the people is that, you know, we, yeah, we, we all athletes and, you know, we, we gifted and stuff, but we don't got to, you know, restrict ourselves to that. And, um, you know, if we can branch off of that and, and still be able to, you know, um, you know, contribute to our communities in whatever ways is dope. Like you contributing to your community, inspiring little kids, helping them with their skills and stuff. Um, all off of just your passion to love basketball. So it's like it, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. And I commend you. Um, you know, respect you, and you know, I support you. Whatever you need, um, just let me know. Um, you got a couple events coming up uh, this summer. Um, so tell people who's going to look out for that. You got an IG or something they can come look at uh, you yeah, on or yeah, follow yeah. you on or whatever. Yeah, check out the Team Fantasy IG. Uh, you can also check out my personal IG, Mr. Uh, Yo-Yo, Mr. Period, underscore Y, underscore O, underscore Y, underscore O. Um, yeah, just follow me on there. You'll be able to see everything that's going on, all the next steps, and you know, the next moves we're making. And I hope to see you, you know, me in person soon once this Corona stuff is over. <laughs> yeah, man, we definitely gonna get up soon, man. But all right, brother, it's good to see you, man. Have a Thank great you, rest man. of your day, man. Thank you for coming on the show, man. And um, sure. I'll talk to you later, man. All right, man. I'm gonna get one of them hoodies too, man. They dope, man. Shout I got you, brother. Person, you already know, man. All right, man. This is another episode of the Foundation, guys. Thank you for uh, being. 
Uh, great listeners. We had a uh, guest, yo, I don't know, fucking Kai. I was about to call you Mr. Yo-Yo. <laughs> I was like, I'm not about to call this name Mr. Yo-Yo. <laughs> we had a guest, my boy Kyle here. But, um, yeah, man, Till next time, family, keep building. Um, we'll see y'all later. Peace. Peace.